This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, So many dudes Every single dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. To us. God, we're like a regular barbershop quartet. We really are. (laughs) Pitch perfect over here. I know. Um, how are you, friend? How's it going? It's going well. Um, so much to talk about. I know. I feel like you have you have more things. A little. Well, bit. honestly, it's not even that I have like more things going on in my life. It's just more like I am consuming so much media that I have a lot of opinions about things that are like something about people I have never met. Oh yeah, no, I, that <laughs> I, yes, sure. I mean, just that's like, been that's been the past four or five months, however long it's been, yes. six years. Yeah. Just a side note that we have sidebarred an offline about is how I would say that people who listen to our podcast are probably very aware of Whitney Cummings. And her look these days is so slamming. Yeah, she looks amazing. And she has I, she's also experimenting with like some fun eyeliner. Like that is what I think eyeliner. looks so good. I've noticed a couple people on Instagram recently doing the like Beanie Feldstein posted a thing with blue eyeliner and I was like blue eyeliner really looks good on every person. It's, like, it's so hot. cute. Yeah, I feel like it got a bad rap there for a while because like in the 80s, it was all navy eyeliner. And so for a long time, I was like, oh, that's so 80s. But now I'm like, well, 80s are kind of back with a vengeance. So yeah, I think she just like her. She got it. She chopped her hair. She's got great. a fake tan that looks gorge and she's just doing great makeup. Yeah, she, yeah, I agree. It's interesting because I feel like in quarantine, sort of the consensus with everyone I know at least is just like, ugh, I, all I do is like wear sweats and like I barely shower and, you know, all this stuff. But then it's oh, like- Oh, that's how want- I've been. <laughs> yeah, same. And then it's like you see Whitney Cummings and you're like, oh yeah, you can thrive in quarantine apparently. Yeah, so it is nice. Shout out to Whitney. Actually, now I think I know who I am this week because I didn't have an answer ready. Oh, okay. Tell us. Okay, I don't know what happened or why, but this, like, weird flip switched in my brain. So I'm a Carrie this week, 
because I have been spending, as soon as I'm done with work and then I take a walk, I spend like three hours browsing clothes online. Mm, I hit a point with that too. I did not give a shit about online shopping for like months and all of a sudden I'm like, I just like live on like Intermix online and like all these places just staring at clothes. Anyways, go ahead. This is your, this is No, you took the words out of my mouth. It's like very weird how all of a sudden it's like kind of embarrassing that like four months in, it's like my womanly lizard brain is like must look at gorgeous new things. Why do you think that it, what do you think shifted for us? Well, on a very personal note, I'm staying at my mom's house and I didn't bring a bathing suit. So I've been looking at bathing suits and I'm very particular about fashion and style. And one thing I realized too is like money aside, even when I spend hours looking at bathing suits, there's very few that I even think are cool. There's a lot of basic bathing suits, but like I always like to like choose fashion that looks out of the box, not basic, but also flattering. And it's very hard to find very cool brands now. So I just Mm. spent days and days, but... Did you find any? Yeah, I ordered something that I think is very flattering. And then a friend sent me uh, an early birthday gift and she sent me these uh, American Eagle. She always gets her bathing suits at American Eagle and they're really affordable. They're like 30 bucks. And they are incredibly cute. And what are the odds that a friend would buy you a bathing suit and it would fucking fit? That's amazing. And they fit and they're sexy and they look great. Oh, love it. <laughs> what are we so, what 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 are what the what are the birthday plans? Uh, are you kidding me? I mean, I, I know. Uh, I went through this as well. My birthday was at the beginning of quarantine, which I'm sure I've mentioned before because I'm still bitter about it. But Yeah, I I don't really have any. I mean, I think my friend Lindsay might come to the beach on Sunday and we might just swim in the ocean like we did last weekend. But I don't really need anything major. I mean, I think I'll probably just talk on the phone, FaceTime with some friends. Yeah. You know, have like a fun um, delivery in with my mom. I mean, it sounds awful, but I I guess I just, you know, what I don't want to do is like worry about having a fun birthday. Yeah. I mean, the pressure is definitely off this year. I think it's just a day today, this year. It might might be like a good lesson for us maybe next year. Like, because I think that birthdays can be really fun and celebratory, but they also can be like kind of complicated. And it's like kind of has that New Year's feeling of like, I should do something for my birthday. Like, totally, you know, like you almost have like FOMO within yourself of like, I'm missing out on me or something. Oh my God, that's so so true. confusing. And then yeah, this year, I mean, for me, I had truly the most anticlimactic birthday. I mean, to the point where I've had I've had days that were not about me that have felt more about me than my actual birthday. Like it was truly the most. I you I mean, we spoke, I think for a little bit, but I was just like at my parents' house um and we went and like got pizza at one point, not joined by anybody. It was just like a you whatever know, situation. Yeah, I kind of don't really care about it. If I feel like If I'm a little more mobile and if I'm driving, maybe I would go and take a beautiful drive to Malibu or just something like that. But I I also feel very grateful. Like if I want something, I can buy it. So I don't really need to get myself anything crazy. I ordered a bunch of books that felt good. So I'm I'm good. good. Yeah. Okay. I'm very proud because I ordered them not on Amazon at a local bookstore that's being delivered from Skylight. Oh, that's so cool. That's great. Yeah. Skylight does rule. 
I know. I'm like, why would I line Jeff Bezos' pockets when I can just keep a small bookstore open? Yeah, that's great. Gal, who are you this week? Um, well, I guess I was a bit of a Charlotte because I was just watching this documentary on HBO about child actors. How fun. Um, it just came out. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. I think it's some something Hollywood. I don't know. Is it good? Um, yeah. I mean, I haven't finished it, but I, the reason I say Charlotte is because I, she was a child model, um, in Ooh. Connecticut. I remember her saying that, that she like <laughs> modeled at the local mall or something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. Um, I'm, I'm only about halfway through, but it is, it's kind of crazy. It's like these children like go to work at <laughs> very young ages and, you know, they can't act up on set, you know, cause there's so many people who are impacted wow. by one person being out of line Wow, and it's just interesting. It really does teach them so much discipline and the strange thing I don't know if strange is the right word, but there's this segment at the beginning. This isn't a spoiler, by the way. This is just like kind of what happens. They, they At the very, very beginning, they – this isn't a spoiler. This is just what happens. Um, but no. <laughs> this they is the have, plot? This is the plot of exactly <laughs> what happens um, in detail, but it's not a spoiler. But no, there's like a quick montage at the very top of the dock um, – of like different celebrities who have had problems over the years. So they show like Lindsay Lohan in court. They show Britney Spears having her Wait, meltdown. This sounds like a fabulous documentary. And then, you know, okay, so that's the the montage montage with all the B-roll. And then they cut to an interview with Cameron Boyce, I don't who know who that died is. this year. He killed mm -hmm. himself, I believe. Who is he? What is he? Tyler, I feel like you could fact check me on that. Yeah, I am. I'm looking at I don't know if he's <laughs> I think he did. He was in Rose. He was in Mrs. Fletcher. Um, <gasps> he played Which the one? one who was in college. She was gay and the son like didn't know it. Oh my um, god, how awful. His roommate. I think it was his roommate. Was oh my that god. Character. That's he horrible. Away in 2019 due to complications from epilepsy. Oh, okay. I thought he killed himself. Um, oh, so poor little I don't guy. Know what that says about me, but yeah, it was very devastating. He's very beloved, and oh my God, it was just strange how it cut to him, and like, not that they would mention in the doc necessarily, like, you know, I don't know, like this documentary was obviously filmed a while back, but it was just jarring to like go from like all these people might die to an interview with like someone who died like Good it was Lord. just really alarming and yeah I was like Dan get in here like I don't even know what to do with myself it was just very Aww. odd odd storytelling um so anyways uh yeah it makes me a Charlotte classic classic Charlotte classic Charlotte yeah it's called but it, it, Showbiz Kids? Is Show that the one? No, that's a different one, I think. Oh. This is one. So that one is about kids auditioning during pilot season in L.A. This one is more about, like, the experience of being a working child actor. Although it does oh, follow one family um, that moved from Florida to L.A. And, like, the, they're just, like, the mom and the son are going to all these auditions and stuff. So there's a little bit of that that vibe in it, too. But very interesting. Um, Wait, Jamie, this is going to be really crazy because the next time we do a podcast, yeah, you will be in New York and you oh, will yeah. be able to tell me and the listeners what our beloved like right New now. York is is like, you know, the the 
the setting for this iconic show. And now it's like 20 years later in the middle of the pandemic. So it'll be really interesting to hear your take on oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm hearing, I'm hearing some good things, to be honest. Oh, I good. Think yeah. I mean, I, I definitely am noticing just people I follow who live in New York, like a lot of hanging out in parks and, you know, like good. really using the city again. Good. I think people were not doing that for a long time. So I won't know until I'm there, but. I at least get a good vibe that they're sort of on an uptick while L.A. is not. Good. Speaking of New York. Yes, ma'am. Let's talk about a show that's set there, Sex in the City. Today we are covering season four, episode 15. It's called Change of Address. Rose. So the episode kicks off with Charlotte embracing her new single life. With her and Trey over, she's finally doing it. She's taking tap dancing lessons. So cute. I love her little white socks and black shoes. I loved it. So cute. She meets up with Carrie and Aiden for dinner, but they're quickly interrupted by Susan Sharon. Mm, Susan hasn't seen Carrie in forever, and she has a bunch of questions about the engagement and life, and Carrie's a little overwhelmed. Before we go on, the fact that she doesn't even mention the engagement, and she has to ask her about it, and then I love when Susan Sharon's like, why are you wearing it on your neck? It's like every part of that thing is so cringy. Yeah. And she's like, it's closer to my heart this way. It's like, it's that's like, not a real okay. thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice try. <laughs> nice try. Um, so over at Richard's, Samantha is reading the paper where she spots some bad news. Richard is in it, but he's not in it with Samantha. He's with B.B. London. She calls the writer to chew him out and confronts Richard. He shrugs it off. They are not exclusive. So what's the problem? Sam doesn't really know. So they just hook up in the shower. <laughs> it's a great solution to what's the problem? Uh, uh, I, I don't guess... know. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Put it in. Up at Carrie's, she's also taking a shower when Aiden pops in. He has to meet some construction guys in their new apartment, but he wants to run some destination wedding ideas by Carrie first. He pitches Hawaii, he pitches Aspen, but she's not into either. It's such an amazing example when he talks and he's so excited and you can just feel her anxiety. It's just a really wild like scene. Yeah. It's also one of those things where it's like it's it's so uh, well written and well executed where like every time he brings up the wedding, like she was like, oh, we're, you're serious about that. Like it's like that sort of dynamic. She's like, oh I didn't God. think we were going to go through with the next step after the engagement a little bit, right. <laughs> which oh, is like kind God. of amazing. Which is also oh like God. it's such a good thing to show on TV because I think that it is very relatable, especially in modern wedding culture. Like engagement is so exciting. And then. Like wedding planning is pretty nightmarish and sort of (laughs) drains your wallet. And then like, yeah, the wedding itself is great, but it's just one day. So it's like really the engagement is like the big shift that you're really celebrating. That's interesting. now it's like, oh, wait, there's actually more attached to this engagement. It's not just like a fun ring that you get to show off. There's actually like implications. Totally. Um, Okay. So... Um, Miranda heads in for a sonogram, which her doctor's very excited about. She confirms Miranda's having a boy, which Miranda's fine with. She doesn't really give the doctor the big reaction she's expecting, so she fakes it. Oh, a boy! 
She catches up with Carrie, whose general blah feelings about wedding planning are getting to be a problem, too. They decide to get dress shopping over with together. It's kind of interesting because, like, obviously Miranda's so deadpan and that's her whole personality, kind of. But I, now that we're discussing it, I didn't really understand why she wasn't excited. Is it because she doesn't care about the gender or that she's just not that excited about having a baby? I think that um, it's the gender. Okay. That's what she doesn't care I think about. it's also, yeah, it's, it is interesting because, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, um, did you see Waitress? No. That movie or no. play? Mm-mm. Oh, you would love that it. movie. Okay. I'll You've see never it. seen it either, Skylar? No. Guys. Is it great? Guys. Girl it's phenomenal. Oh, yes. Yay. And they turned it into a Broadway show because it's such a phenomenal movie. The woman who wrote it, she was murdered. It's like oh this my whole God. thing. There's a foundation oh, no. in her name sponsoring oh, wow. female filmmakers. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Guys, waitress. That's where it's okay. at. But anyways, in waitress. Oh, well, now I can't talk about it because I'll give it okay, away. Don't okay, don't talk about it. But Yeah, I want to see it. Adrian okay. Shelley. Well, all I was thinking is it is well, kind of weird. For anyone listening, I think you might know what I'm getting at, and I just want you to know that I know. And that <laughs> it sucks that I can't talk about it and that my two friends have not seen I'm this. Sorry, okay, well, we'll watch it. it. It's really on Rose and Skylar. I'm pretty pissed, to be honest. If we're well, Skylar and I, rules. we have to watch it so that next week Jamie can, like, say what is exploding into Please. her heart. You would. you will both. It's, it's just such an undeniably great movie. Oh, I can't wait. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, I just think it's really funny that, like, I understand that, like, Carrie and Miranda are both kind of, like, offbeat, not typical girly girls. and But it is kind of weird that Miranda's like, God, why does everyone want me to be excited about my own baby? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, like, a little funny. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the gender thing, which I feel like um, I don't have proof of this, but it does feel like it was written by someone who doesn't have kids, but definitely is around a lot of people who are having gender reveals and you know, having babies around them. And they're probably just like, I, that's the part I can't relate to. Like, yes, having a baby is super exciting, but then finding out the gender, I, you could make that really exciting, but I also can see the argument for like, oh, cool. It's, right. Like well, the excitement is that you're having a child, not like a boy the details. or a girl. It's yeah. just like, oh, I get to like make a human and they'll be with me and that'll be cool. That's true. And you're right. I mean, the EP or co-EP Jenny Bix does not have children. So there are people high up in the room that I think do reflect this POV. So I think that's a good, accurate um, analysis. And then I also think that it might be more also about the way she's supposed to express herself. Like maybe Miranda is excited. She's just not the kind of person who's going to like do jazz hands, you know? I also think Miranda doesn't think it's cool to be jazzed about pregnancy. Like there's some part of her that resents like new mom culture a that's so bit. true that's exactly and right it's a very fun space to play in because there's a lot to make fun of there uh similar to the way there's a lot to make fun of in wedding culture as well but i think new mom culture is definitely it's even like, more like cheerful oh my god biggest moment of your life everything's gonna change like it's so, basic. so in your face that i could see Marantha. I almost called her Marantha, like our sweatshirts. Um, but I could see Miranda almost using it as a defense mechanism to be like, everybody calm down. Like, cause she probably is, like you said, really excited. I would hope so. Yeah, 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 for sure. So then Carrie and Miranda head out to try on the goofiest dresses they can find. And at first it goes great. They're kind of shitting on the whole thing and just being sarcastic and fun. My sister and I actually did this, you know, just go to a really cheesy store oh, and try on. It's so amazing. fun. The I've worst dresses. It. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. So 
But then Carrie sees herself in the mirror in a full wedding dress. And she immediately breaks out in hives, starts having a panic attack, and starts screaming for Miranda to literally rip her out of her dress. I can't do it. I can't get married. This is all your fault. How could you take her to that dump? It was an experiment. It went awry. Okay. Let's just slow down. This is classic cold feet. Let's not do anything rash. Rash, yes, exactly, rash. Look at this. <gasps> oh. My body is literally rejecting the idea of marriage. Do you look? Yeah, once you get a rash from a guy, it's time to heave home. No, it's not him. It's me. I'm missing the bride gene. I should be put in a test tube and studied. It's not just you. I don't want to get married. Ever? <sighs> Why do we even have to get married? Why? Give me one good reason. Aside from the not wanting to die alone thing which is something to think about, I admit. Well, for me, when it was good, it gave me a sense of security. But I feel secure now. Things are great with us. And you know what they say, if it ain't broke... Don't marry it. What are you afraid would change? I don't know. Nothing? Everything? Every bride feels that way at one point. Well, why aren't they speaking up? Carrie, I'm gonna ask you an unpleasant question now. Why did you ever say yes? Because I love him. A man you love kneels in the street and offers you a ring. You say yes, that's what you do. Look, you get married, you hope for the best. It doesn't work out, you get divorced. You can take <laughs> tap with Bojangles over here. No, I can't take a vow of forever and ever if what I mean is for the foreseeable future. I can't do that to Aiden. Talk to him about it. How? Why, why do you talk about this? You say, hey, Aiden, what's up? I've just been thinking, you know, I'm having some doubts about the whole I do thing. It'll break his heart. I should never have said yes. I'm a bad person. Hmm. It's a really interesting mm. thing because I'm not that experienced. So with like, you know, this type of level of relationship. So maybe it's just my own naivete. But I don't really relate. It's hard to get my head around where she's like, well, why didn't you say no? She's like, because I love him. So I guess I'm having a hard time understanding if she loves him, why she doesn't want to marry him. Is that like a really binary way of thinking? No, I think you bring up a good point. Um, no, I don't think it's binary. I mean, I think that there are a lot of situations in life where it's like, okay, I wouldn't consider doing that. But if it's with the right person, I would like you know what I mean? Like I don't in the writer's room today, someone was talking about how their aunt um, didn't want kids uh, like was just like, it's just not my path. Um, and then met this man when she was like 52 years old and fell madly in love. Like he was her person. He just didn't come along till she was 52. And then she was like, I would have had his baby. Okay. So like, I wonder if it's a little bit what we're seeing here, which is like, she's convinced herself like, I love him. I don't want things to change. But really, if it were the right person, I don't know that you'd be this terrified of marriage. Do you think she really does love him? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I no. think she. I, I think don't she think she does either. She, I think she thinks she does. I think you're right. I think she I think she knows he's a good guy and, and he's, she should love him and she and should lovable. love him. And he's very nice to her and they have a good time. I think she likes him a lot. Yeah. I had a relationship like that where I was like, we were definitely saying I love you. And I was like, yeah, I love him, of course. And then looking back, I'm like, no, I didn't. Like, wow. I don't even know how I said it. Wow. Because I always feel like 
saying I love you is like, I don't think that's very easy to fake. Like, I'm sure people do it, but I always think like, if you don't love someone, it's almost like the words like can't come out of your mouth. Yeah. That's just my experience. So with him, they could come out of my mouth. So I was like, well, then I must love him. Why do you think they could? Looking. Why do I think what? Why do you think you were able to say it? When I don't you- know. I wonder if it's just like everything lined up in a way where it's like, yeah, you should be in love with this person. Hmm. Like they, you know, they're caring and nurturing and like take you to dinner and all the, you know, doing Tick all, off the all the boxes. And you guys laugh together. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I think I'm in love with them. Like, and I also really wanted to be in a relationship which also might be the case with Carrie here. You know, Aiden represents stability. He has his shit together. He's not going to, like, leave her in a ditch on the side of the road, like, you know, big, where it's just temperamental all the time. You never know where you stand. Um, so, yeah, I I think that she wants to believe that this is the guy for her because if, if Aiden were the guy, oh, what a life. What an easy life but it's just not the case. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's interesting about what you brought up with your own situation of how you wanted to be in a relationship because I don't think Carrie can verbalize it that way, but I think Carrie is a classic codependent where it's not that she wants to be in a relationship. It's that she can't be single. Like, yeah, that's interesting. It's too much for her. So yeah, she's kind of living this like inauthentic experience, but it's interesting hearing about this. Um, I just had a conversation with a friend who I think is sort of um, in a situation like this uh, where it's different because she already is very committed to this person and they've been together for a long time. But I and I think she really does love him. But I think her body, I think in her soul, she knows it's kind of wrong. Yeah. Um, But it's interesting. It's like this idea of like your body rejecting someone like when she like broke into hives. Like I remember I have a couple of things that I'm thinking of when like you really want something to work because somebody's nice and they're the right kind of person. Yeah. But you just can't. Like I remember there was a guy in Brooklyn when I was in my late 20s who it was just when I started waking up to like realizing that I was dating the same hot, sexy, creative musician type guys that, that were not good for me. And I was just just starting to make an aware I was just starting to have an awareness of needing to shift my my like type. And this guy was exactly what I was looking for. He was stable, very generous, had his shit together, had a great job, was totally so proactive about me, reaching out, making plans, mm-hmm. was crazy about me. And I physically, he was completely cute enough, you know, but I couldn't get into it. I just couldn't. But I really wanted to because Mm -hmm. he was like the opposite of everything I had been doing. Yeah. And so I had sex with him just to be like, maybe I can make it work. It was like the worst sex ever, not because he's bad at sex or that there was anything wrong with him. It was just like your body can feel when you're going against your actual gut. Yeah. And it's just like the the wisdom of the body, like the body will tell you, like the fact that she just broke up out into hives. It's like your body really does tell you when things aren't right, you know? Yeah. Well, and the, the dress is such a it's such a symbol of like, oh, this is really happening. Like that feeling when you when you try on a wedding dress and you like see yourself in the mirror, 
Like, I don't know. It never like brought me to tears. Like it doesn't say yes to the dress. I never had that, but it is very, it is a little bit of a record scratch moment. Cause you're like, Oh my God, this is like the image that I've seen for so long. And now like I am the image and that's, it's just, you know, and I think it's very telling if you see it and you're like, cool. Or if you see it and you're like, fuck, which is the case with Carrie. I mean, it, it is a, a, there's a reality check element to that moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of amazing how powerful, like, the body is. Because this scene is just all about, like, you can lie to yourself as much as you want. But oftentimes when people are living a lie or feeling like they're not being honest with themselves, they'll break out. They'll get psoriasis. They'll have back pain. They'll have a migraine. Like things happen. It doesn't go. It doesn't. Your body has to put it somewhere. Yes. In this case, it made hives. Which I think is kind of fascinating. Like me too. And realistic. I mean, I know someone who at the end of a really bad relationship broke out into hives from stress. So it's like, wow. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's kind of amazing how it's like, you can lie to yourself as much as you want, but your body's going to be like, I see you and. I'm on to you, bitch. I'm on to you, bitch. Yeah. You might want to do that, but we're going to let the world know. Yep. That's kind of crazy. Such I a good scene. I also love that this scene was with Miranda. I don't know. <laughs> necessarily why but I'm just glad it was Miranda who was like come on let's like do this funny stupid thing it'll be funny and stupid and then it ends up being this like really serious like self-realization I love how all the girls blamed her well no wonder she had a panic attack you took her to that horrible store I know it's so funny they all know the store I also it's like Manhattan's gross bridal (laughs) store it's like the opposite of Kleinfeld's it's like I don't know what the opposite is. I, um, there was like this really realistic. The Seinfeld. The Seinfeld. All the dresses just look like George. Yeah. Yeah. There was this part of me where like I get so involved in the show and I forget that it's not real people where when Miranda ripped the dress, I was like, that's like $3,000. That struck me up so much. <laughs> so stressful. I'm like, did, did they just buy this shitty wedding dress? Like, if it's a real wedding store, they do have tailors on hand who can handle that. So, oh, good. Thank God. You know, yeah, I was worried. I didn't have the same reaction. So clearly, <laughs> they, my mind was in that space. I'm like, they have a lot of tailors. It's okay, fine. there you go. They just dump it in the dressing room and take off. Yeah, yeah. ding dong ditch. <laughs> uh, yeah, ding dong ditch. Okay. So after lunch, Carrie's wedding stress is still running high. She stops by a bodega to pick up smoking again, but she thinks twice when she spots some wedding magazines. She buys a couple and tries to psych herself up about marriage back at home. It just makes me think of exactly what you just said in our little chat, Jamie. It's like, it's like, you know, going on vacation to a place you don't really want to go to if it's with someone you're really excited about would be amazing. Even if you're not a wedding person, if it was someone you were pumped about, it would be like fun to look at wedding magazines, you know? I think so. I do too. Yeah. Like I, I am not really shy. You know, I get, I think there are a lot of different types of brides and I do understand not knowing if marriage is for you, you know, whatever. It's like a modern form of slavery. There's a lot of arguments about it and sort of the roots of marriage are kind of fucked up and Yeah, it's property exchange. You know, it's yeah, property. Yeah, exactly. So I understand questioning all of that. But if you've been in a relationship with someone for a long time, in my experience, I can only speak for myself. Like I do think it's like, yeah, that seems like the next logical step. 
Um, and you, you've already done the we know how to be together for a long time. So it's not like that's what you're having to wrap your head around. It's more like, do we want to spend that money? Do we want to put it towards a house? Like you start to get a little more. It's all, it is a little bit. Um, I don't know. Transactional is not the word. It's romantic. It's like bureaucratic it's, a little. Yeah. It's a little like for show. A it's you're becoming bit. a business. It's like because the relationship's already there. Right. It's not like you don't have to like remind people like, hey, we're we're together and, you know, surprise, we're staying together for a long time. Like, you know what I mean? It, it is a little like, yes, this is a celebration of love and all these things, but it is also like. Right, but we're celebrating a thing that's, like, been there for a while already. But so. I think all the things you were saying about bride stuff, which is completely legit, about being, like, skeptical, cynical, whatever, I don't think that's Carrie's issue. No, it's not. No. It's, no, you're right. No, no, it's not. And I don't that's think— And that's the thing, which also could be an interesting episode— to talk about that, like the different types of brides, because we already have like a Charlotte type bride. And I feel like Carrie's trying to be a Charlotte type bride, but she could be whatever kind of bride she wants. She could have a small wedding. She could get married at the courthouse. Like that's clearly not the issue. Yes, like, exactly. She's blaming it on that I'm culture. Not the marrying kind. And right. it's like, no, the, the culture, you can pick and choose what of the culture you love and hate. Your issue is that Aiden is not, not your guy. Right. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, so it doesn't really work out. As soon as Carrie sits down to figure out what type of bride she wants to be, Aiden literally bursts through her wall with a sledgehammer. That's so funny. It's hysterical. And yeah. Carrie rushes into their other apartment to get him to chill and have a tough conversation. I didn't want to say anything. But then that thing came through my wall. I don't think that I'm ready to get married yet. Do you hate me? Oh, come on. You're catching me a little off guard here. I know, I just... No, it's... Uh, hey, I hear you, I hear you. I need a minute here. <clears throat> Is it because I said we can get Maui'd? <laughs> huh? Thank you for making a joke. Let's slow it down. Okay, how much time do you need? Six months? Nine months? End of the year? Which year? So do you just need some time? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. We'll get there. Thank you, Ian. Thank you for listening. Such a hard conversation to listen to because, like, I've definitely been in relationships that are imbalanced in power and it's so hard to hear it. It's just so hard to see. It's so hard when somebody loves the other person more or is more invested. It's so painful to like be a fly in the wall and you just are on the outside being like, oh my God, it's so bad in a relationship when one person has all of the power and has somebody's heart in their hands. It just yeah. can't work that way. No, not at all. And also Carrie... Yeah, when she says the end of what year 
or like whatever that I line mean, it's was. It's like such a fuck you. It, it that was like, oh man. I mean, that's hard to bounce back from. Um, I'm surprised that Aiden was like, okay, okay, you just need time. It's like she basically just said, never. <laughs> she'll never marry you. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's also just like. You know, the kinds of advice you get from, like, moms and sisters and best friends is, like, you know, even I feel like Toni Morrison and Maya Angelou have quotes about this, about, like, you never want to make someone a priority that makes you, like, an option or something. Mm. Never make someone a priority when they make you an option or something like that. I'm butchering it. I think the followers will, will know. But it's, like, part of, like, what makes a relationship satisfying and romantic is that you feel wanted and it's such an awful feeling to be with somebody who you have to convince to be with you that you have to like drag along and it just gives me a horrible feeling listening to this because it's just not good to be in a relationship when somebody's not excited about being in it with you like I feel very bad for Aiden because god what a what a horrible feeling that Also, like, such a lack of security for him. Like, earlier Charlotte was talking about security, and it's like, oh, that's not here. Like, this is the least secure relationship. It's a really good way to put it. And it's one thing if it's like, you know, there's a lot of reasons I think people do maybe delay weddings. Like, if somebody's um, having, like, physical problems or if there's a parent that's sick or, you know, if somebody just lost their job. There, There are reasons mutually you'd be like, you know what, this might not be the best year. But if everything in your lives are basically stable and you're like, I just need time, it's like. Yeah, what what do you think is going to change that's going to tip you into let's get married? You already know them. It's like. It's not. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, it's not that she didn't say this isn't a good time right now. Like she didn't back it up with like. I'm losing my apartment. We're dealing with, you know, like, let's worry. Like, she didn't make it financial. She wasn't like, we have other things to worry about right now. Like, my column is on the fritz. I don't know what it would be. But, like, there were no reasons. It was just like, I just need to keep thinking about you. I feel emotional instability when I think about you and me forever. (laughs) Just like my vagina just, like, retreats inside of itself. (laughs) Yeah, it goes even further in than it already does. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Okay. Well. Also, I just can't imagine being like, that's like proposing to someone and having them be like, let me think about it. Let me get back to you about that. It's like circle back. Saying that you need to think about it it, is no. That's no. It's like it's like if somebody's not enthusiastically absolutely so thrilled, then head for the hills. Also, even when she was like, the ring was not good. It's, it's like, like who cares? girl, if you loved him, again, I said this in a previous episode, like, it would be funny if you guys were like, yeah, you'd make fun of each other. Yeah. You wouldn't have like a weird superstition. Like, this means that we're not meant to be. It's yeah. like, no, that's what happens when you're really not meant to be. Yeah, that's right. If you're meant to be, you go, oh my God, you bought me the ugliest fucking ring. Like, I honestly thought about walking out the door. Like, I can't wait like, to. I know, yeah. I have bad taste. Like, And it's like a story you tell the, your grandkids about how. Absolutely. Yeah, about how like your friend had to help him because yes, he was so misguided. And you're like, that's so what I true. love about you. Like, he can't dress himself. He can't give me a nice ring. Like, you yes. know, he's just kind of a lovable schlub. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, 
Miranda, meanwhile, catches up with her house cleaner, Magda. Magda's over the moon about Miranda's impending boy. So yet again, Miranda pretends to be over the moon as well. And Charlotte has another tap lesson, this time practicing pairs. When everyone buddies up, she ends up solo, which freaks her out. She even yells at the instructor and takes off. It's a fabulous scene. Great scene. And again, Kristen Davis is just a really good actress. She really is. Yeah. So then um, the core four plus Aiden head to Richard's charity ball. Their social lives are so fun. Where Mar- oh, just everything looks like a blast. Where Miranda has to put on her big, yay, it's a boy face a few more times. Samantha has another rude awakening from JJ, the gossip writer she chewed out earlier. He lets it slip that Richard's seeing someone, which she assumes to be her. It turns out not to be, and Sam is pissed. Sam storms over to Richard to have a mature talk about monogamy. She starts it by grabbing his cold (laughs) dick, and it doesn't get much better from there. She wants to be exclusive, but Richard is not on board. To prove she doesn't care... Sam has sex with JJ in a bathroom, but JJ ends up not being able to keep it up, so the whole thing is a mess. That that scene sucks. Oh, I hate that she sleeps with him. I know. I feel like I've done similar things, like, not as dramatic, but if I feel like my feelings are hurt, I'll just, like, I think in my 20s would, like, call up an ex and just do something stupid. Oh, my God. (laughs) And also when he has, like, that... Just like of that really obnoxious voice oh. when he can't get it up. And he's like, this never happens. <laughs> Samantha, this never happens. That's he's amazing. such a wild character because he's oh like this like fast talking, like slicker, slick guy. He calls her Jonesy. It's like, yeah, it's Jonesy. Like, he's from the 40s. Like, he's, call exactly, anyone. It's like out of another decade. It's so weird and kind of fun. I, it's yeah, like, it is. It's very like extra, extra, read all about it. That's 100%. actually so true. <laughs> Oh, God. So after that whole Michigas, Sam has another run-in with Richard. At first, it seems like he's going to rethink his whole stance on monogamy, but then he sees JJ stumble out of the bathroom, zipping up his pants. And he, like, kind of thinks, oh, Sam is never going to change. So he's not going to change. So why change? Let's just stay non-monogamous. And Sam's whole revenge plan backfires. And then Aiden and Carrie head home after the charity ball. On the way, he gets a wild idea. What if they fly to Vegas and just get married already? Carrie, however, isn't so sure. Carrie, I looked at you tonight from across the room, and and I thought I love her, and she loves me. And what are we waiting for? Because I need more time. What's going to change? This is me. I don't have any tricks up my sleeve. This is who I am. This isn't about you. I'm not ready for marriage. Well, I am. I'm sorry if that scares you, but I am. People fall in love, they get married. That's that's what they do. Not necessarily. I, I why why can't we just just keep things the way they are? Just, just live together. I don't want to live together. I've had girlfriends for 20 years. I want you to be my wife. Aiden, you're pushing me. Well, maybe you need to be pushed. What's the big deal? It's just a stupid piece of paper. If it's just a stupid piece of paper, then why do we need it? Because I need it. 
I want to make this official and lock this thing down. Carrie, I want the whole wide world to know that you're mine. Who else is would I be? Mm, good question. Uh. Oh my God. You still don't trust me. You don't even wear that ring on your fucking finger. I am yours. There is nobody else. I love you, but I can't marry you to make you trust me. Aiden. Aiden. Look at me. Look at me before we make a huge mistake. If you don't want to marry me right now, you'll never want to marry me. That's not true. I think it is. That's devastating. I love that scene. Also, that scene is so beautiful. Like the way it's shot, it's near the fountain. She's wearing that dress, that like white, pretty mm. much bridal dress, which yes. I'm sure was intentional. Um, yeah, I just, I never realized how much I agreed with Aiden. Like I've heard, I've watched this episode a bunch. Um, it's actually, I would say top five favorite episodes. It's so good. For me. Um, yeah. So and yeah, it's great. And I just... He's so right. Like, he really does say everything we just talked about. He's like, you'll, yeah, if you're not ready now, you'll never want to marry me. You know what else? It's really good because it's such a satisfying conversation because, you know, from the jump, as the second she puts the engagement ring around her neck, your heart just falls and mm. you're so worried. And, you know, when you love someone and you want things to work out, you can delude yourself. We've all done it. You know, somebody doesn't call sure. us. We haven't heard from a guy in a while. You're having sex and you can feel that they're a million miles away. We've all made excuses for things we know aren't working. And he's been doing that. And we see it come to a head. And it's just devastating because it's like, just because he didn't call that stuff out, he knew it. He knew it was wrong. He felt it was wrong. But it's just that thing where, like, when you really want something to work and you really love someone, you can just swallow so much shit. But then after a while, he just couldn't swallow it anymore. Yeah. Mm. Oy, oy, oy. Speaking of that, too, right before this clip, when he actually pitches the Vegas thing, just, like, I was, I was thinking about were they to play that out, the nightmare reality of sitting on a plane for four hours knowing that, like, one of you is into <laughs> getting married in Vegas and the other one is like, this fucking so sucks, this sucks. Funny. That would be it's fun. Also like, he did say it like they were in California. It's like, it's exactly. just a hop, skip, and a jump from the Burbank airport. It's like, nah, dude, that's like a, that's like going to London on a whim. Exactly. Like, that's, a, like, that's a trek. Total nightmare plan, Aiden, actually. Yeah, Aiden, back it up. You, Do you know, mean the Hamptons? Like, I don't yeah. think I don't think Vegas is uh, is close to you guys. This is also such a great example of the push pull anxious avoidant because when your partner becomes avoidant and pulls away, you become anxious and get clingy. And she's being extremely avoidant right now, and it's making him very anxious. And yeah. so they just had a conversation where she said, I need more time. And then tonight he said, let's go to Vegas tonight, which is completely fair. He's allowed to. Sure, sure, sure. But it's like he he can't really accept her terms. You know, it's the opposite totally. of being like, OK, well, she needs a little bit of time. So I'm going to back up. He's like leaning in, which he's absolutely fair to do. Yes. You know, he kind of just like he just needs to get an answer. Yeah. 
It's also a nice like boiling over for him. Like the whole that that line in particular when he says, You don't even wear that ring on your fucking finger. It's like it's been eating at him the way that she's been behaving about the engagement and he hasn't let it come out before then. And it's such a it's it's such a nice moment for him. Like we don't really get Aiden being frank about his feelings that that often. Yes. Or standing up for himself, which it's yeah. interesting how people are in different relationships because my sister and brother-in-law are so happy. And um, not to like spill anything about him, but like I think the relationship he had before my sister, he was a lot less happy. And it's just crazy how like from relationship relationship, you could be a different person because I don't think Aiden is happy at all in this relationship. And if he goes on and meets a really nice girl who just really appreciates him, he'll be like a different person, you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. To look okay. back and wonder what this was. Exactly. Yeah. So the episode closes with Miranda feeling her baby's first kick and getting her first moment of excitement about him coming, which it's always so satisfying to see someone who's not that emotional feel emotional. It like brings yeah. tears to my eyes. Yeah. And Carrie heads into the other apartment where Aiden's sleeping on the floor. They share his weird floor bed for one last night together. And the next day he moves out. <laughs> Crushing. It's absolutely devastating. A Crushing. fantastic episode, which leads us to the question of the episode. After being hit by a bridal wave, I tried to get my mind around the concept of happily ever after. As progressive as our society claims to be, there are still certain life targets we're all supposed to hit. Marriage, babies, and a home to call your own. But what if instead of breaking out in a smile, you break out in a rash? Is something wrong with the system? Or is it you? And do we really want these things? Or are we just programmed? Such a great question. I almost think that we can never know. Yeah, we'll never know. How could we? <sighs> yeah, you can't really. I mean, unless you're really, you know, there are those people that are just like, they just some don't. people know that they don't want it. I think they just know that they yes, exactly. I think it's more ambiguous with not knowing because I think if you right. know you don't, you're not being programmed. No, and I definitely know people like that. Um, yeah, we have a friend who doesn't want kids for sure. Right, I have several friends who don't want kids. I also have several friends who don't. They want to live with someone. They're in a long term relationship, but they don't want to get married. Um, yeah, I think it's a combination of things. You know. Obviously, this is a huge generalization, but I think everybody needs and craves family, but family can mean anything. It could mean living with right. six friends in a commune and feeling really connected. It can mean having four kids and a partner. It could mean having a bunch of dogs and a partner. I just think that most people need to feel loved and connected. It just can take many forms and shapes, you know? Yeah, I also think that there's a little bit of, like, when you're younger, like, everything is about, like, steps to come. Like, your whole life is just, like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have my first kiss. Then I'm going to have my first boyfriend. Then I'm going to have my, Sex, like, you yeah. know, I'm going to lose my virginity. And then I'm going to have my first long-term boyfriend. And then, oh, my God, it's the first time someone moved in with me. And then it's, oh, my God, it's the first time I've been with someone for a full year. Like, there's so many firsts. That's so interesting. And it feels like you do hit a point where, like, you know, marriage is one of those steps where you're like, I haven't tried this, you know, and if it's with the right person, 
You're like, well, let's give it a go. Like, we all love a next step. Like, it makes us <laughs> Jamie, forget about death. Jamie, like, let's we just all keep love finding. A next step. <laughs> yeah, we just need to keep so finding true. it. Like, what's the next first going to be? And I think that it's very telling when you have an opportunity to have a first to be like, no. I'm good. Like That's the buck true. stops here. Yeah, because usually firsts are full of excitement and feels like growth and evolution. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's completely valid and nobody needs to justify whether they do or don't want to get married or do or don't want to have children. And I think it's all legitimate. But since like the dawn of human civilization, we've marked time with these with these big rituals like birth and then between 13 and 16 there's like the becoming a man, becoming a woman ritual, and then there's the marriage, and then there's having a kid, and then there's dying. And, you know, I do think there's something telling that for thousands of years in every culture, there's been a huge celebration around each of those things. Yeah. And I... Th- it's interesting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Point. I think that's it. So I, I think it's totally fine not to do that and not to do things just because we've been doing them for a long time. But I do think they're meaningful, you know? Well, especially for Carrie, who, you know, I think that her, we've talked about this before, but like her living in New York, there's definitely a level of escapism there. You know, it's always dashing off to some cool party or event or, you know, oh, going shopping or it's just like a lot of distraction. And it's interesting that I think, I think marriage is like, it's a little bit of a wake up call. And I think that it's, that is that makes it even more unappealing to her because it's, it's a little, it's a little bit of a reality check. Um, that's a good point. And I don't think she likes those. Well, that's you're you're describing something that's like the typical Peter Pan, which are most people that live in LA and New York are, are a little behind and a little slower yep. because growing up is sort of considered settling. And if you settle, then you can't quote unquote, follow your dreams. And Part of growing up is being less selfish because when you have a, a family, it's not about you all the time. So, you know, part of following artistic dreams is being selfish. And so yes. sometimes you have to put the idea of settling down as scary because you cannot be first anymore. And for certain dreams, you have to be first. So yep. it's interesting. Right. That's very well put. It's also for Carrie, I do think that she is, I think she's like, you know, like whatever, a few expensive shoe purchases away from an existential like meltdown bankrupt. at all times. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> at all times. Um, so I think that like, yeah, I just think that marriage sort of represents death to her. Yeah. And I think that her asking this question, like, did I w- go through with it and say yes up to this point because I thought I had to, or did I actually want it? We're, I don't want to bring it up now because I skipped ahead and I got so into these episodes because they got so good that I watched a few more, but we'll talk about it when we get there. But I learned something about Carrie's background and history that we'll discuss when when it comes up that puts puts a lot of context into her whole thing. Carrie's such a Carrie's such a fascinating character because she's the star of a rom-com and all she talks about is guys and love and sex and trysts, but at the same time is so deathly afraid of commitment if somebody also wants to commit she was ready to commit with big because it could never happen so there's a lot about her that is really full of contradiction i mean psychologically speaking she's just um afraid of in 
I, I think I can relate to this. And I think a lot of people can too, which is that you can want something so much like intimacy, but then also be really afraid of it and sabotage yourself, which is such a weird mind fuck. But I think that's no, what she's but doing. It's yeah, yeah. Because it's like, she really does want closeness and care. And when she was with big, it's all she wanted. And now, I mean, it's so easy to vilify Carrie and make her a bitch. And why is she acting like this? But she actually has like a lot of childhood trauma that, that they don't go into in the show that they hint at later. That makes perfect sense because she's so traumatized by intimacy that when it's actually happening, it's completely terrifying to her. And she, she can't really do it, which I feel empathetic towards, honestly. Yeah. Same. Um, okay, well, that brings us to our final segment I'm horny for. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Well, I'll only do one, even though there's okay. always a million in my head. I'm just consuming so much these days. Yeah, of course, same. But I'm just going to say, apropos of nothing, that I'm a huge fan of Netflix. Has nothing to do with yep, Jamie. It has nothing to do with me at all. And I have a, I'm a huge fan of their reality content. I think they have mm -hmm. excellent reality content, unscripted. And I, my mom and I, something exciting happened because my mom's been social distancing with me because obviously she doesn't want to get COVID and be sick, even though I've been in her house for weeks. But still. But last night she did something. As somebody who doesn't get a lot of contact with people, she crawled into my bed and we watched... Indian matchmaker together and it was like the most fun time I've had in like four months it is oh my god the best show ever oh my god I can't wait to watch it we watched three episodes and then she left and I stayed into, up until four in the morning and watched the whole thing the characters it almost makes me wish we could recap this show but I don't think it's fun to recap a show that they dump all the episodes at once it's only fun to do a show that comes out once a week but how many episodes are there? I don't know. But there is a character. I mean, for writers, I think we have a lot of listeners on this podcast who are comedy writers themselves and comedy people. I have to say there is no better inspiration for creating funny characters than reality TV because you cannot make people like this up. There is a character named Aparna on this show. So this matchmaker who's really sexy and fabulous and cool, she's like, in her 60s, I also love a show where the host is, like, post-menopausal. I just think that's so awesome to have, like, the host of a show be in her 50s or 60s. Just because there's usually not a lot of room for women that age to be on television. No, it's refreshing. It's yeah. awesome. And she's funny yeah. and charming. She's kind of like Esther Perel, but Indian. And she's from Mumbai. And she's been married for 35 years to her husband. They had an arranged marriage. And she helps people all over the world, all Indian people. From Delhi to Los Angeles to Dallas, Texas, she matchmakes Indian matchmakes oh, for them. Oh, my God. I am going to watch the shit out of this tonight. And everyone is fabulous. But there's one character named Aparna who's so negative and so high maintenance and so awful that my mom and I were laughing out Oh, I can't wait. Loud. I can't wait to watch it. We were screaming at the things that she was saying on dates. She would be on dates with the nicest guys and... Oh, what did you do this weekend? I went to the beach. I hate the beach. Like, what do you hate oh. about the sand? Everything. Oh, what do you do to relax? Why do I have to relax? I mean, she's such a cunt. It's like... that's, But that makes for great it's TV. It's hysterical. So, I mean, this is better than The Bachelor, better than Love is Blind. It's like the characters are stunning. They're Indian. They have the most incredible fashion. It's just like fabulous. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's my... That Horny for. I'm horny. I'm definitely horny for your horny. I can't for. wait for you to watch it. Jamie, it what are you horny for this week? 
What am I horny for this week? Um, I'm horny for my AirPods. Mm, I don't have um, them. I yeah. I mean, I, I not that I want to like plug Apple because they're hardly like a mom and pop <laughs> shop that needs the cash, but um, and they don't sponsor this podcast. But I really do use them all the time. I use them for Zoom. I use them for conversations, and I'm realizing like what an integral part of my life they are, and how are they great? I am that I have them. Yeah, they're so great. Oh, I and need like, to get some. They just make life really easy. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm just appreciative of that. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm also well, horny for this podcast because I'm glad I get to see you every week. I know. It's especially during this time when we can't just like meet up. It's like really lovely. This is my hot Friday night plan. Yeah. Oh, we are recording this on a Friday night and it is really, it's really fun. It, it is. It, now I'm going to go, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to, or I did this and then I'm going to watch the show. Please text me the I minute will. you see Aparna. I'm going to finish that documentary on HBO and then I'm going to switch over to what you, what you just Okay. Said. Well, what's it called? It's called what is Indian it? Matchmaker. Indian matchmaker. And when you go to Netflix, it's like splashed all over it. Great. I'm so into it. See, it's weird because for some reason, Netflix keeps splashing that Zac Efron documentary series for me. And I don't know what that says about me. Oh, I watch a lot of reality TV love stuff. I do too, though. And this is a Hmm. this is a reality show with Zac Efron. Anyways, whatever. Okay. Um, Bye, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye, you guys. And thank you. I've read a couple good uh, iTunes reviews. Keep them coming. They mean the world to us. And somebody had a really funny, like, um, most of them were just like so sweet, so kind, so wonderful, so appreciated. And somebody had a randomly had a criticism of me, which is really funny that they hate that I say sometimes, sometimes I say, oh, my God, that is so funny. I say that is funny instead of laughing. And I get it from my grandma because my grandma's never. I do that too, though. Yeah. She just says, oh, God, that's funny. And somebody <laughs> thought that was really irritating and phony, like I was whatever. But I'm sorry if it bothered no, one listener. It, it's, it's just genuine. It's just a thing I do. I think it's normal. Like people in com- in comedy, I, I think we like don't laugh as much because we're so used to laughing or something. So we just do that instead. But it's like, real. I catch myself saying that all the time. But it's of real. Course. Definitely real. Oh, yeah. I'll be watching like a hilarious TV show and turn to some of me and go, that's hilarious. Deadpan. Yeah. Oh, same. All the time. So anyway. Um, okay. I love you. Okay. Love you too. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. you nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Yeah.